0: Welcome back to the Black Butter Podcast. This is episode 22. Today I chat with Poland's Amit Patra. Amit was a really top competitor in ITF Taekwondo in the mid to late 2000s, winning the European Championships in 2007 and a world silver medal in 2009. Since moving away from competition, Amit has moved into the strength and conditioning side of performance. He has a PhD in sports physiology. He is a sports scientist. He is a certified strength and conditioning specialist. And he now works as the SNC leader for the Polish MMA Association. He also works with a number of athletes and teams in a variety of other sports, including taekwondo and football. Today we talk about Amit's competitive career, we talk about the uses of tracking and how to manage training load, we talk about how to effectively train plyometrics and also how to effectively train conditioning, especially in taekwondo. I really enjoyed this one and took a lot away from it, so I hope you will too. As always, make sure to like, share and subscribe and thanks very much to the people who continue to share the podcast across social media. What's up, Amit? How are you?
1: Hey, I'm fine. Thank you very much and thank you for having me.
0: Ah, thanks a million for coming on. Um, we were just saying about the lockdown. How are, how are things in Poland at the moment? How has Poland been?
1: Uh, so now it's like, uh, it was really tough. So the government really uh, closed everything, like restaurants and bars, Uh and also the sports school and uh, sports facilities. So no trainings, uh, no meetings, but for now it's like uh, everything is going in the the right way. So we can go and train like personal training, but not in the closed gyms, but outside. So I'm just uh, praying for a good weather to do some trainings with my athletes. Uh, yeah, but I think it's uh, going to the like a m- much more not so strict way. So it's it's getting better and better, and I hope uh, it's gonna be better and better. So yeah, it was really hard, but for now it's 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 going more easy now.
0: Is there been, is there any plan on when when you'll be able to get back into the gyms?
1: So um so like. I, I'm working also with football, so we have started like uh, small uh, group trainings, like six, uh, six players on the field. So this is a stupid rule because uh, no matter how big is the field, you can only have six players. So it's ridiculous because the big markets, you know, like uh, they, they put the number of uh, people per uh, square meter, right? per size of the shop so but they do not do this the same for the field so no matter how big is the field you have only six players so if we have the full size field we can have only six players right so it's really stupid for me and uh, so we started the uh, small uh, training sessions uh first what we have started the way in with everyone so we have checked <laughs> who, who trained could not and uh, yeah, so, and also uh, my, like, my artists who, who, who I work uh, with, they they have their own uh, equipment in the home. So we have just, you know, maintained the physical uh, capacity what they have, but there was no chance to build something new, you know, to develop. So it was, like, much more uh, things to... Uh, be in the like a, in a mental way so yeah just keep doing what we are doing and do not just lose what you have already gained right so it was like a, a compromise uh, of the situation and what we can do with this every, with everything
0: did you find it higher to not be to not have to not to be able to coach the person in person, like one to one, like trying to, uh, you know, check in online and stuff. Have you found that a bit uh, a bit different, or is that, or is that something you would to be to do regular anyway?
1: No, I hate this, man. I hate that, like uh, online. So th- th- it's like uh, I always w- would uh, want to be like in personal contact, you know, like to talk, and uh, because uh, this is what the coaching is, and then the interaction with the athlete how he's feeling, you know, talking between the sets, between, uh, you just come in and, hey, how are you? And uh, uh, how do you feel? So you can ask after each exercise or after each set, how do you feel? You can uh, adjust the load. You can, uh, you know, just uh, do some feedback, uh, you know, like uh, some give more instructions uh, uh, during the training process. And these are, very, you, know, you can motivate during the training. So, these are really uh, critical points that make that online training would never be the same as one-on-one training. And I'm not like a tech guy, so I'm not sure, you know, if I would you know like like to do some webinars or Zoom podcasts and so on. I would be like, oh my God, I'm too old for that, right? <laughs> so I really, uh, I really love to organize the workshops when I have like a 20, 30 people and. Then I can present some presentation, lecturing, and and discuss with the people, right? So I think it's really, really uh, much more like um, you you can really uh, interact in much more uh, many ways than just online uh, online uh, system, right? So I think I think it, uh, I find this uh, for me much more entertain entertainment and. Uh, more interest, interesting way to
0: do. Yeah, it's much more, much more personal, and like you said, the art of the kind of the art of coaching comes out much more when you're in person as opposed to maybe, or well, online. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. There you go. Yeah, and I really miss my friends from Taekwondo. So you know, to go, you know, because there's a lot of part what is happening in the training in the changing room, not in the uh, in the gym in the. In the sports hall, when you when do you train? Because you do not talk out with the friends, but the changing room, and you know, like when you talk with the friends, how are you? What's going on? How we can help you? This makes your environment, your culture that you are keeping with these people. They are not only your friends from the gym; they're becoming your friends for a life, right? Yeah. Uh, so because you have the same passion, you have the same hobby. Take one or combat sports, whatever. But the change, the the, the changing room, you know, the, the, the room where we are uh, preparing for the training, and when we are coming back from the gym to the changing room and we talk about the training, it makes the uh, you know that you are becoming to get like, more close with the friends, right? So uh, this 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 is what the sport is about. That you are building the relationship, which is for all life
0: yes great point actually yeah that's where that's where the real like relationships are gonna be cultivated like you said is in a, is outside the training or around the training not so much actually in physically yeah. doing the training so like with that how, how did you um how did you get started in taekwondo what's your maybe?
1: uh so um i was like maybe 12 13 years uh, old and uh, there was a the taekwondo club was really close to our house And uh, so my dad, uh, first, my older brother gets to the taekwondo classes. I was, I I am one year younger than him, and I was uh, still swimming. But I was, you know, I'm not the tall guy, I'm very short guy. So I was the worst in the swimming, right? So the all uh, guys who, uh, the people in the class who mature very early, so the maturation went very early, and they, uh, you know, the growth were really fast, they were the best in the swimming and I was like, uh, I was feeling like a loser. So I was trying to know, to find a sport which I could be a really good, really good uh, regardless of my size. So, you know, Taekwondo is like a weight division, so you compete with the people uh, which are similar with the size and the height and body weight, body mass and so on, right? So. But it was only like consolidance that it was Taekwondo. It, if it was, I think that if it was a karate or kung fu or something, I don't know, uh, judo, maybe maybe my father took me for the judo, but I know that next to our house was a school where the uh, Taekwondo was uh, organized and, you know, I got in my first class and I, I love it because I was raised uh, on the movies with, the, you know, Van Damme uh, Jackie Chan, uh, Bruce Lee. So I, I always like to kick. Yeah, so I always was fascinated about the kicks. And I remember my first class in Naekwondo was when we tried different uh, kicks. Never mind that I did not have any technique, but the process that I was trying to do some technique and I could see the, the older uh, friends that... This is possible to do. This is not only in the movies, but this is possible to do in the gym. It motivated me to train, right? So I wanted to come once again and kick on the head and turning kicks and do like turning kicks in with jumping and so on. So I was fascinated about the limitless possibilities of the different kicks combinations, right? and uh yeah, so 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 my other brother and me, he was in the uh, like a more professional group than I was, but uh, uh like after a few years, coach put us together, and uh, he was also a very good competitor, so we were like um he was pushing me forward, so because of I was sparring with him and he was better, I think this helped me to make a much bigger step. If you train with a better athlete, you make much more progress than you train with the worse at less experience, right? So yeah. I could learn from him. or And then, so, uh, yeah, and, and and I stick to the taekwondo. I remember in 2005, my brother, after the world championship in Dortmund, he just uh, quit taekwondo, and he was really tired of losing the weight, uh, all the time cutting the weight up to minus 54. So, when he went to uh, Muay Thai, the Thai boxing, I got from junior to senior national team up to 54. So, he made a spot for me eventually, right? So, and I stick with Taekwondo for the uh, rest uh, few years. He went to the Thai boxing, uh, the Muay Thai. Uh, Yeah, and, uh, you know, I, I do not regret. So, it was a really great experience. And... Even now, uh, like uh, like three times per week, two times per week, I'm going to the gym with my friends and you know just do some taekwondo stuff uh, training. And uh, because if I want to you know just do something with my body, I prefer to go to the taekwondo gym than run. You know because I like the the environment and I like the kicks. I like the you no. Know, it makes me fun. The trainings never make me tired. It was. Also, really a good way to make sweat, right? And yeah,
0: uh, yeah. And, uh, are you planning on a planning on a comeback or anything like that? Mm.
1: Yeah. So my friends told me, Amit, you know, you should come back, you know. But you know, um, uh, I was competing up to fifty-four and then up to fifty-seven. Now I'm sixty-six, something around that. Yeah. So sixty-six, sixty-seven. I I would say that I could try, but. I do not want to come back and be a shit, you know, like a really in a bad shape. So okay. if I decide to come back, I, would, I need to have time to be prepared very well. So I told myself that, okay, if I decide to come back, I need to have at least four or five uh, trainings per week to, do, to get back to my shape. And I'm older and older, right? So it's not so easy. And I feel it, how I recover Like when I was young, I was doing like two trainings per day and I never, I have never like, uh, you know, the delayed onset muscle soreness, you know, like um, a muscle sore after, never. Now, it was like three days, I'm oh my God, you know, it's like, I feel that my body is changing. So, but for now, I'm, I'm also training other people. So when my training Taekwondo is, I need to be with the other people. So I do not have chance to train myself, right? So, because everyone wants to train in the evening, and the Taekwondo classes are in the evening. So, no. So, there's no point. I'm just doing now recreation. So, two times per week, this is nothing, right? So, you 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 know about that. You need to train very systematic uh, to get back to the shape because coming back to the shape is much more uh, demanding than just maintain uh, your performance level. So. I need to do. I now I need to do like a double of this work. If uh, it, then if I was like a, compet, a competitor, right? So because I had some performance level, now I'm here. So i not. I I cannot come back just here. I need to come back here and maintain it. So this is extra work. This is extra work, right? And I'm older. So I think that I would never come back to this level when I was as a competitor, right? Because it's like for even professional athletes like two three weeks of total rest it's disaster it's really disaster right so and other other point is that if you were if you were a professional athlete do not never stop training if you just stop train and go to the office work and do not do anything you will get you will get really good problems because your body was always used to that. Uh, you know, the calorie, no, uh, uh, you know, uh, some calorie uh, requirements the training, different diet, uh, a lot of water uh, balance, uh, you know, like uh, losses and retaking. and The old hormone system was different. So you will uh, really feel bad after, after it. So I remember then when I quit just Taekwondo and I got that contract, in the sports supplements company, I was just sitting in front of a computer and I hate this period because I was feeling like I was, when I was training, I felt much more better when I just stopped training, right? It was like uh, that you are just, you you were feeling like you were getting older and older very quickly, you (laughs) know, like fat and, you know, and it's like everything was like, you were slow. Uh, I, I didn't like, so. So now it's, uh my advice is like, do not always stop the training totally, just do it every something, but like two, three times per week, just keep this uh, 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 you know like uh, some small uh, level of the fitness
0: and how, how long how long do you think it takes, or what would you say for before like the detraining training starts to kick in is it, Is it as soon as t- three weeks or would it even be sooner or?
1: Yeah, so, so it depends, right? So it depends. So in professional sports, like after like a big competition, so after World Championship or European Championship, you can do like two, two weeks, maximum two weeks, and this is not totally rest. This is called active recovery. So it means that you do not stop training momentarily without nothing. Like you, you just don't, do not do nothing. You are doing things, but you are not doing Taekwondo. You are like doing volleyball, cycling, do some sport, but only for recreational purpose. You know, badminton, tennis, do it. No, just, but do not think about the take-home to start to miss the training. Because when you started that you are tired of going to the same place, meet the same people and they make you tired, is the first sign of the burnout, right? It's like uh i'm tired of this uh, this not makes me uh, happy anymore right so uh, it was like uh, the, you need to feel hunger once again that oh i want to compete i want to punch someone in the face and you know <laughs> meet with the people right so like normally the training is like uh, uh active recovery it's like it's, it's no more than three weeks two three weeks right not no longer like uh, but if 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 you like uh, if there is some uh, injury and you really go to the detraining state and you need to come back, so like uh, I remember there was a study in 1960s and 1970s they they took just five people and they told them just to rest in the bed for two weeks, right? So that so so that the motor abilities and the cardiorespiratory system it went down like the same like you will get older 30 years older so like from 20 to 50 you know what i mean So, like only only two weeks three weeks of doing nothing like like lying lying in the bed make you older 30 years older so if you have 20 years old and you just go to the bed and do nothing so after two weeks you will gonna be 60 or 50 years old with your muscle cardiorespiratory system you know, and so how long it takes to reverse these things? So they did the same. So after after 30 years, they took the 50 years guy and they started the training. So it takes like eight to 12 weeks, but they, they reversed all the, you know, the, all the aging process. So, so my conclusion is that it's never uh, late to start the training because you can stop the aging process, right? And you can maintain your fitness level. So, so this is a good point, right? So that, don't worry that this is not reversal. But it's harder to reverse. You will never come back to the, your young body, of course. But uh, it's better to do something than not, because you, you you're gonna die very quickly.
0: Yeah, one hundred percent. So, so then, so then, um, would you have just going back to your, yourself and your competitive uh, side of stuff? Would you have always competed as a kid?
1: Yeah, uh, I started like uh, competing as a junior, so it was like maybe 14-15 years old, because I, I started around 12, so it took me like three years to start some small competition, right? At the regional level in Poland. Right? Yeah, yeah.
0: And so then, when when would you have first went to the, did you compete at a Worlds of Europeans as, as a junior?
1: Uh, yeah, so my first uh, my first international meet was I think it was European uh, European Championships in 2000 uh, oh in 2004 I was I remember I was in the World Championships in Riccione in Italy so it was 2004 right uh, I remember that I lost I lost to the um, mm, He's competing now. I'm not sure he's competing, but he's in Slovenia. Uh, Denis Japić. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So he he was after after. So we were competing in the minus uh, 52 kilos, and I remember. So these times, 2004, 2005, was the best times because the junior athletes they could come at the World Championships. They could compete without the helmet, you know, yeah. without the, the protectors, and was. Really, it was a really cool time, and and uh, so uh, and the level of the of the competitiveness was really high. So I remember that I lost to him uh, just to get to the uh, uh, the quarterfinals, yeah. And then I met Dennis also in the final one year later in the also in, in the Italy in the European champion in the final, right? uh so i was the second who was the first and then i stayed in the really small uh, division right and really uh, yeah. like 54 57 then it went to 70 so yeah this is also this is also the sign how the growth how the maturation maturation impact the career right so mm. so uh, and and this is also the the um, uh, information for the coach that you cannot you cannot uh, stop the normal process of maturation of growth of the young body. So, if the young athlete is putting up the weight, just leave it right. Okay, if you are the senior over 18, 19 years old and you stop growing, you can manipulate your weight, but don't do it with the juniors. So, I think it was the mistake. I, I was manipulating with my weights uh, when I was young, but it should be done under. I of some dietitian, not like oh let's go to sauna make 10 push-ups and you know don't drink water for three days it was stupid
0: yeah i think that's one thing that i think sometimes especially with the juniors they can get stuck get married to what maybe one division and think oh this is my division and they do everything they can to stick to that division where at that time in your life it's maybe best to you know what actually i'll go up a division and, and, and compete there like it's a different story when you get the senior and maybe you can start to get stuck into just the one division but as a junior I think you, like, you shouldn't be afraid to to maybe move yeah, to the
1: next yeah, yeah exactly Co- coach is something that if you lose the weight uh, to the you know uh, lower division you're gonna be you're gonna be uh, stronger and you will get, get the advantage right but sometimes the cutting weight costs you so much that you do not have even uh endurance and so on, right, and the strength to fight. So maybe it's better just to go to the uh, higher weight division, but uh, make some extra training, like strength conditioning, or, 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 or increase the endurance level, right, to cope with the, with the uh, higher division level, right, with the, with the other uh, competitors. Because what is better, losing, losing like, Two percent of the body weight and being the uh, in in the lower division or you no know, gain up like ten uh, percent of body of body mass. So what is better? So in these circumstances, I would go lower division. Two percent, okay. But if you have ten percent from your like I uh, you know like a young body, sixty kilo, ten percent is six kilo. So you are making. Uh, Big mistake, right? Really big mistake. And I told this yesterday uh, to the other podcast uh, with with Adrian, then, okay, uh, senior, other part of the story, junior and junior female athletes, they will really get in trouble because, you know, these are future moms, right? And they, 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 they really can't get pregnant after their career because the hormone system is destroyed, right? So and they, they, they have also the bone mineral density loss you know the low energy they are they are low energy deficient so the all the body system is not is not working really. so they have really a uh, big long term uh, consequences negative consequences of this uh, of this uh, of this uh, cutting weight so my question is who is taking care of this female junior uh, athletes after sport career so do we do we do we, you know you know what i mean do we even uh, report any what's happening now with the girls who were competing in 2001 2 3 or so on yeah? let's see what was the mistake and repair it or or, or improve some uh, system in our discipline right So let's do the questionnaire with these uh, girls. Because I'm totally sure that we have contact to them. Just make a few questions. How do you feel now? If you have any problems uh, with eating or did you have any problems with hormones? And maybe, you know, do some retrospective study and and, and see is is there any uh, correlation between how much you had to lose the weight and how do you feel now, right?
0: Yeah do you, do you think that responsibility is under coach or do you think maybe something at an i t f level should be like maybe a bit yeah, more maybe a bit more stringent testing in terms of like uh monitoring people who are cutting massive amounts of weight should they should that be more so yeah. the coach and the athlete or do you think it's maybe the i t f should maybe put in some procedures that might Take care of them. yeah this is a
1: very good question yeah this is a very good question so what we think what we think is in the in the like traditional in the traditional uh, martial arts East martial arts like karate taekwondo, Judo uh, you know like a traditional traditional uh, styles we think that the coach who has the black belt or like a fifth grade like you know like you know fourth grade you know he's the master right? And he knows everything about uh, sports, and this is not true, right? You know why? Because in Poland, for example, I don't know how is in the Ireland and the UK, but in Poland, you can be coach if you are over eighteen years old. You can go to the shop, buy the black belt, the dobok, and open the gym and say, "I'm the boss," right? I'm the sabume and I'm the sensei and I can do whatever. So, to be the coach, you do not have to have the formal education in sports science, right? So, uh, so the coach, okay, his experience in Taekwondo, in patterns, special techniques, I know uh, the, the sparring, you know, the tactical, technical side, okay, he, he will know that discipline very good. He, he will tell you how to fight with this guy, with this guy. But this doesn't mean that he knows how to lose the weight, how to make the dietitian program, how to make the stress and conditioning program, and how to monitor the changes, you know, right? So the coach needs to have the team, the specialist, right? So in the big companies, you, have, you don't have one boss. You have one boss, and he is... Employing the people who are the specialists in different uh, areas of the business, right? Economist, lawyer, uh, some other guy like you know data analyst, and so on. So, but we we were we were told that the guy with the black belt he will know everything about the training process, right? So this is not true. And the other the other uh, trait is that we think that the coach. Uh, with the greatest number of athletes with gold medals is also the coach who has the best program. It's also not true because we like to say that uh, if somebody is winning, his methods of training are the best. This is not true because because something what works for him doesn't mean that it will gonna work for me, for you, and so other people, right? Because sometimes. Some coaches, for example, in track and field, uh, there is a there is a really good story. One coach on the conference told uh, to the other track and field coaches uh, for the 100-meter dash that, you know why I am the best here and I'm, I'm presenting in front of you? Because when the athletes are coming to my training, he starts from 10 seconds per 100-meter dash. And I improved him for... Nine point five. It makes him world record holder, right? Mm. But if you have added at the beginning on twelve seconds for one hundred dash, and you improve him the same in the same percentage wise, right? Half second. So it makes them the same. The same uh, methods. So the same. These two coaches have their work is the same. Uh, no, the the. the the magnitude of the improvement is the same, right? So the same. So so the lever is the same, but the second coach he will never get the athlete on the 9.5, so because it's different genes, right? Different. He got different material to work with. So if you have a coach in the big cities when he got the 500 of um, athletes, so the pool of the genes to choose. Is much greater than the coach from small village when he has 10 athletes per year, right? Yeah, so you need to watch out, you, you need to take that all the environmental uh, factors which could affect the sport success, right? So, the sport success also doesn't mean that you had the best shape in your life. So, I don't know that when I was winning the European championships. In, uh, in European Championships in sparring, it doesn't mean that it was my best day in my strength level, endurance level, flexibility level, and so on. Because if I do not monitor the track, the changes, I do not know what was happening with my body when I was winning. Maybe I have won because I fight smart. Maybe I won because my opponent was had worse day than mine. Right? Yeah. So that's why you need to monitor monitor what is happening with the body through the training process because when you start the, another training uh, year cycle, you want to come back to this training process and ask yourself did did your training methods were efficient or were uh, were good or not good right? Did you improve your motor ability what you have expected or not? And if you have improved, do the same training cycle because maybe you have lost the first fight because you have uh, you were fighting against the world champion in the first fight, but maybe yeah. you were in the best shape. But if you never monitor your progress, your coach will say, uh, "You you know what? We did not train this and this and this was the and this was the reason that you have lost." How do you know that? Yeah. If you do not monitor. If you are not assessing, you are guessing. So if you, are, if you didn't monitor, how do you, you come up with the conclusions after the tournament?
0: Yeah, you're just stabbing in the dark really then, aren't yeah. you? If you don't, if you don't track yeah. it. Yeah,
1: so cr- create the data. Ma- make, make some, you know, and then when your athlete is losing and your athlete is coming to you and saying, you know, coach, I was dying. My cardiorespiratory system was not, was not prepared. It's your fault. And then you're just taking the, piece of the your data and saying your cardiorespiratory system was the best for the last three years, and I have data here, and then and then you know where to look for other factors. Yeah. How, how simple is it, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think that's actually a great point that you make as well about like the the the, the people who are often have like the most competitors that they that's often the reason they get the most medals. And I I I said this to a couple of people recently. that is it better to have if you have 30 people on a national team and and they go and take 10 medals is that better than having that's obviously not as good as having 10 competitors and taking 10 medals it's like whose training methods are better there then so you took the same amount of medals but like you said it was maybe the guy who doesn't just doesn't have as many competitors but still does the same results his methods are maybe better
1: yeah yeah exactly exactly i agree i agree
0: so then you're saying that you're talking about some of the data and stuff that should be tracked what what do you think is the important kind of things to to monitor as a as an itf in a ITF taekwondo
1: yeah so you know i can think i, I can think about different different you know uh, tests and so on and different uh, tools to 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 make your pro- program better and your process better but the first question is to what you have access like uh you know, like what you can measure, measure in your in your training facility, or what what, your, what are your, what resources you have, right? So if you don't have any resource, find some uh, find some applications on the mobile phone which you can track anything like my jump app, right? So there's a application in the for the mobile phone. And you can track the vertical jumping uh with the same pre- precision as the university laboratories set uh, force platforms so so you know start with the simple things with maybe one variable, but start tracking it really regularly and systematically and start to make some conclusions what is changing and because of what right so uh, so this is my f- first thing. Second thing, very, very, um, very like um, accessible, and you do not have to, uh, you don't have any cost. It's making the wellness questionnaires and the questionnaires about the how training was hard. So the first wellness question is like make your, make your uh, teams who are really you focus, make your athletes who are focusing on like some competitors and ask them to feel every day in the morning how they feel, like how many hours they have slept, uh, what is the stress level, are they prepared for training, how they are motivated, and, uh, what is the muscle soreness level, right? So this is giving you first, first like a uh, view how, how the body responds to your training. Like if you have done on Wednesdays, session so let's see if Thursday morning or Friday morning they are still sore if they are not maybe they are adapted, or maybe the training was not so hard so then see how they assess the training session it was hard or it was not so uh, so for example uh, after the training session you can make the uh, the scale of the, it's called rate of per se exertion scale, right? RPE, Borg scale. So the athlete is pointing how hard was the session from one to ten. Ten extremely hard, like, oh, up, and uh, zero is just sitting in front of the TV. So when, you, when, when they pick, for example, some number and you will multiply this number by minutes of the training, you have some load. You have some arbitrary units, yeah. You have some arbitrary units of the load, and let's try to manipulate with these loads because the number after the training, when the athlete is pointing on, it's correlated with the internal load so how the body was feeling, how hard was the session, like heart rate, uh, lactate, uh, you know, like a psychomotor state, and so on. So, this is really good point to start. So, then because uh, combat sports are not, uh, I would say, you cannot, you can, it's, it's not quantifiable, so you know what I mean, like you cannot quantify, like, this is not the football, you cannot quantify uh, the how much meter uh, they, distance they covered, they, you cannot calculate, you know, how was the high speed running, uh, how many accelerations and accelerations. Right? You do not have the GPS sensor units on the body like the football players have. You don't know what was the load of the body. So this is the only way to calculate the load what the body have responded during different types of the training. So if you have the database, you need to have the database. So when you have collected these numbers after different training, the RPE, board scale, then you can manipulate with your trainings more more clever way. If you want to do a light training session, you open your notebook and you see after what training your athletes point the number maybe two or three that it was the light training session. After what training they put nine or eight or 10 that it was really hard training session. I believe that every coach knows from experience which training uh, is hard, which is easy, right? But sometimes, sometimes if your athlete is losing the weight, you know that even even easy easy, uh, training session is for him hard training session. And then you need to adjust it. Or sometimes you see that the group of the athletes is giving number three, so light training session, but one athlete is giving eight. And then it's the reporting to you, it's like it's, it's, it's coming to the feedback that what's going on with this athlete. Maybe it's time to talk with him. And Sometimes the other uh, factors from the social life, maybe some problems in the family, maybe some problems in the school, makes him that is not recovering very well. And the even light training session is hard for him. This is not only for like a managing the training. Load. This is also for your better relationship with the athlete. Because it it's closing the distance between you and the athlete, right? You know that you should come after warm-up to him and just put the hand on his back. Hey, how are you? Everything is fine? You know, just normal talk and he will open to you. You know that this is time to talk with him, right? Maybe he needs some... Uh... And then he will tell you, oh, I didn't sleep because my cat was uh, sick, you know? some some but then this is important things people do not even uh take this into account but social life no the training is only two hours but the, the life is like rest 20 hours everything sleep wife girlfriend you know boyfriend so everything right and if you are stressed you will not recover very well and you need to take this into account everything what's happening with the app right
0: yeah i think you maybe need to then, I think as a coach, potentially be be kind of vigilant to what you're seeing from the athlete. Because I think the, the RPE, uh, like the RPE, like they're taking it a number, at the RPE uh, recording can be very accurate if the athlete is accurate. I think sometimes, you know, the athlete maybe wants to wake up and kind of go, oh no, I'm fine. And they kind of, they don't want to say that they're, they're fatigued or they're tired, they're stressed, that they want to give maybe, maybe they want to give that, oh, that was a five. You Know even if yeah. the session was a, an eight, nine, or a 10, they kind of go, No, no, I was fine, and I, I only give yeah. a fight. So, I think as well, you had to maybe, as the, the coach, you have to look out for that and kind of see, you know, yeah, this, are they being
1: yeah, are they yeah. accurate? Yeah, this is very important. So, w- what it's good to do is like that to fill the questionnaires when the athlete is alone, so maybe in the home right after the training, just go to the home. Uh, I, I, I have the Many liars in the football uh, because you know because they are afraid that they will not play if they put us the, some bad number. Yeah, but it's very easy. It's very easy to to you know to track uh, when the athlete is not honest because when well, if you are the coach and if for my example if I am even I am the former athlete, I know from experience how hard was the session. So. Yesterday I had the guy, now is the Ramadan, and, and, and he didn't eat and he didn't drink for all day. And he, we, we had the first training football session after the uh, lockdown. He was dying. The session was not really, uh, the session was not really hard. So I was expecting that he would give me like seven, eight of the RPE grade. He gave me three. So I said, hey man, you were dying on the training, you're giving me the three. So it was easy training session for you. So." Maybe you were not motivated, or maybe you, you want to pretend that you are like, a, you know, never tired at all, right? So, no, it's like you need, you need to be on the training. You cannot be like a scientist who are just getting the results to the computer and, oh, he was three, okay, and give the report to the coach. No. When you are the sports scientist, you must be on the each training with the head coach and see what is happening then to when you're reporting the when you're reporting the data to the coach he will say hey coach here are the results but i would suggest that this guy and this guy were not so honest because during the training the heart rate was this and this and like last week uh, we d- we did really uh very similar training session and the uh, number was uh, much more different something is not you know uh, not not how it's supposed to be so you need to observe right you, you need to watch what is happening on the training and and uh, so that's why i don't like scientists who are just sitting in the university they were never been on the field or in the gym but they will tell you how to train you know yeah. or writing the uh, writing the papers or published on the conferences uh, put the results but they, he will never tell you how to uh, how to um, make these results like a how to apply this in the real world, right? Yeah. Because the science needs to be applicable in
0: the real world. I think it goes yeah. back to that thing that we said at the very start about the the art of coaching. Nearly, you know, you have to have that yeah. that one to one personal interaction with the person to really to really um yeah. work to work to, to the best. I think with, with that athlete. That uh, yeah,
1: that's
0: that's very important. That. Yeah. And so, what do you say to uh, maybe? the kind of people who think it might say that like a strength of condition isn't too important that when it comes to maybe combat sports and things like that, that it's more, it's a skill is more so important that it's not necessarily the strongest or the fastest that win. It's the, maybe the person with the most skill. Where would you kind of say that, you know, the benefits of strength of condition and then it fits into combat. Yeah. Sport, you know, particularly uh, Taekwondo?
1: Okay. yeah. So let's differentiate like in, in Taekwondo you have, you do not have that cage, right? You do not have the ring. You have you have you have you have the mat, right? The the yeah. the, the mat, and y- you can escape, right? So if you are tired, you are pretend. You remember, you pretend with the gloves, time, you know, in the cage or in the ring. If someone will do time, referee will just say, start fighting. You know, you do not you do not have time to escape, and you do not have a chance, you know, to just. Uh, Pretend that it was uh, the mat was slippery, and so on some, and, and you know uh, nose is bleeding, so go to the doctor and rest. You know, uh, so in the MMA or in the Muay Thai and so on, you need to be really very well prepared. If you are not, because I know that the strength and conditioning, so your strength level, your endurance level, uh, and so on this is not the um, factors will make you that you will win the fight. But remember that without these things really well developed, you're going to for sure, you're going to lose, right? So they are not the most important, but without them, you don't even think to go to the ring or to the cage because they will kill you, right? Because you will not escape. And if you are not very well prepared in Taekwondo, you will just lose the fight. But after five seconds, you're gonna be okay. Let's go for the party, or let's go drink, you know, and then and, and just relax. But if you are not gonna be really well prepared in MMA or Muay Thai, you're gonna be knocked out, and you will go to the hospital. You no, know? and then you're gonna be you're gonna be suspended for the last three months or six months, and you will not get paid for the next fights, right? And you know that if you got hit, it's it's shorting your career, right? so so because because you because every impact is some micro damages right and and you, and, and finally you gonna that your career is gonna be short shorter and shorter right there's not there's not issue in taekwondo because it's pretty safe but in the more impact uh, combat sports you, you need to take care of your body because this is your tool to uh, live that, to to uh, for living right you are doing this for living you need to you need to uh, pay the bills and so on. So you need to do everything uh, that you are ready for the next uh, fight. So, uh, but the studies, the research is sh- is showing that in many combat sports, in judo, in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, uh, MMA, um, Muay Thai, um, if you are, you are the stronger athlete, you are more successful, athlete, right? So 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 if you compare the medalist and medalist, normally you will find that medalists are the stronger or or their or their endurance capacity, like aerobic and anaerobic capacity, is on the greater level than the than the losers, right? So well, let's say once again this is not the most important, but without really good strength and conditioning preparation, it's Really high chance that you will lose the fight. Yeah, it makes maybe not makes that you win the fight, but for sure you're gonna lose the fight. Yeah, Yeah. you know what I mean.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so
1: so uh, it's much more it's much more better uh, choice to be prepared than not be prepared, right? So in Taekwondo, when we have the ring, which is quite big, and if you are the clever, smart, uh, the the smart athlete. uh, I had the, this a uh, few times with the, with the uh, uh, Russian, with the Alexander uh, Leonov. Leonov he, yeah. he was very strong. He was always stronger than me. Uh, so I, I, I knew it that I need, to, I need to move a lot and to use the space and just, just punch, you know, when I had that chance, but never go to the close contact, right? Just punch and move, move, punch and move. So if you are the clever athlete, the smart, how, know how to fight, you can do this in Taekwondo. You cannot be prepared, and you can still win the fight because it's much more point contact. But do not even try this in the more harder styles like you know uh, Judo when you need to, you know, grab, yeah. take the guy and throw him in MMA because. They will knock you out they will knock you out and you need to be strong you really need to be strong and to overcome the the, the you know the, the forces that the athlete is pushing is, is pushing on you right so you need to be really strong because in Muay Thai, you have the clinch work uh, in MMA you have trolls Judo the same and and that their component of the uh, High force—it's much greater in those styles than in Taekwondo. Taekwondo is much more uh, speed strength. It's like a more speed, more speed uh, system of the fight. We do not only only force what we have to overcome is the inertia of our body, right, and of our limbs uh, with kicking and with our body when we are moving. But in the other dif- in the other uh, combat sports, when you need to uh, really pull the athlete in the clinch work or when you have some uh uh, with uh you know the throwing and uh, some on in the ground work when you have really uh high forces you need to be really well prepared uh, when it comes to the strength levels
0: yeah so uh, even like as you said there with uh with taekwondo like it's a it's much more i suppose like you said speed strength that explosiveness and yeah. I think when people come to, to train and that it's, uh, if you want to be more explosive, uh, you need to do plyometrics. And I think sometimes the well, the idea of plyometrics is, you know, people look up and think, oh, I have to start doing box jumps and I have to start doing, you know, maybe some throws and and leaps and bounds. But I think sometimes it gets left behind that, that kind of fit, that kind of work does, is, is correct. But, but that kind of fit needs to fit into a wider program that in the end will have you more explosive. Like you can't just decide, I want to be more explosive I'm going to start doing box jumps there's the you know that you need to develop the, the force velocity curve and you need to, yeah. to, to shift it I think sometimes there's a lack of understanding there um,
1: so yeah so, so there are three making... mistakes yeah yeah so there are three mistakes when it comes to the power training first it's not the choice in the exercises it's the order of your training program what motor ability you have preceded before the power training so if you do not increase your engine, so the strength level of your muscle, there's no point of going to plyometrics. You know what I mean? So if you have a car and the engine is small, even if you give him more power horses by plyometrics, he will just, you know, just collapse, right? Uh, Second thing is, uh, I will come back to the strength level, but second thing is that people are using plyometrics for conditioning. This is the worst thing what uh, you can done. This is the fault of the crossfit, right? So uh, people are trying to you know, do 100 jumps uh, or like a depth jumps and, and so on. If you go, so the plyometrics are for, to increase the explosiveness and ballistics, like uh, to be more explosive. So you need to recruit your muscle fibers which are responsible for high forces, high power. So type two fibers. If you do a lot of volume of work, you are changing the fiber types from fast fiber types to the slow fiber types composition, right? So you need to, you need to be aware of that. If you do too much work, they're going to switch and you're going to be slower, not the faster, right? Uh, yeah, but the most important thing is what you have to say. It's not the exercises per se, it's how you manipulate the loads, like the prioritization program. What you have done in some order, then you, at the last stage, you can start explosiveness and you are going much more explosive guy. But if you you, uh, take two athletes, and one is stronger, one is weaker, and both of them start the plyometrics, so, these athletes will potentiate the magnitude of adaptation of power, which will, will be double than this one, right? And uh, the next thing is that he will do the same uh, progress in five weeks. He will need to go to this level 10 weeks. He will need 10 weeks to come to this level. So before you start with plyometrics, make sure that you are strong enough, right? Yeah. So. It, it's not maybe, hey, I lack of explosiveness. Let's try do plyometrics. There's no point to do plyometrics if you do not have the training program wisely uh structured.
0: Yeah. So There's it's a, not
1: that
0: I think maybe like that, like you said, like uh, it, you might as an athlete say, oh, I don't need to be stronger, I need to be more explosive. But to get to be more explosive, you need to be stronger, you know, you need to maybe it needs to go yeah. you need to be stronger first before you get to there.
1: Yeah, there you go. And the manipulation of the load, the order, is very important. It's not how much you put on the weight, it's how much you manipulate with the blocks of the preparations. It's giving you, we call this in periodization, potentiating effect, yeah? So, the the, the final effect is the the product of what you have done four weeks before, eight weeks before and twelve weeks before. Because this first stage, the effect of the first stage is you will see after 12 weeks. Second stage, you will see effect after eight weeks. And the last stage, you will see effect after four weeks. And this is the competition. You won't have cumulative effect, the residual effect of the, each block at the one time. So this is the uh, clue of the like, periodization. So there is no point that you have the program and you can let's do plyometrics. Yeah. No, you need to start with the, some logical order. Increase the uh, increase increase the a little bit the muscle mass. Increase the central nervous system. Do plyometrics and the muscle mass. The gain of the muscle mass. The, the muscle will grow after 12 weeks. You will have the more. Uh, your, your muscle fibers will be, will be uh, uh, larger here after 12 weeks. This training from fourth to eight weeks, this adaptation and the fatigue dissipation is going to be after eight weeks. And the power training last four weeks is going to be just after the training, like five days after the training. And you have the cumulative effect of the each stage of the preparation which potentiate your power training. So during the training process, you will not see a lot of changes in your strength levels, power levels, even drop, even drop. But when you start, when you, when you end the training process and give like seven, 10 days of just recovery, then you will see when the lines are, everything is go up because the fatigue is dissipated and all the training blocks accumulate in the one point. The adaptation effect from each block come to the one point together, right? So you need to know how many days each training, the, how many uh, days the residual effect of the block uh, is maintained after you stop the, this uh, stimulus, right? Yeah. Yeah, so this is very hard to, to So it's not about the building, the like a, the, the form for the competition, it's how to uh, plan for the, this day. Yeah. For, I want to be for Saturday night in the best shape. Yeah. This is very hard.
0: And then does it become, would you say it's very dependent maybe on the athlete, how much you maybe spend in each block or would you keep that kind of just a general, will we do, you know, like you said, maybe week like 12 weeks or four weeks in each block, or would you maybe spend, well, this athletes maybe need six weeks in this block and then maybe only three weeks in the next block to, to peak. Would, you, would that be a bit more individual, or would you keep it general?
1: Yeah, it depends. It depends from what level of, I would say about the strength now, but it depends about also the priority, what you want to develop, uh, like what you want to focus on, right? But uh, let's say about the strength levels. So uh, if you've you never done the training, like a, like a really good program of strength training, so don't go to plyometrics if you are not uh, strength. If your strength levels are not something right about 1.7 of body mass in the back squat position in the back squat exercise. Yeah, 1.7. So, so like I'm I'm 66. So like I think it's gonna be I don't know around 100 kilo for me. Like uh, now uh, I'm gonna calculate. So. 1.7, yeah, yeah, so 112. I should, I should squat 112. Then it's good time to start uh, plyometrics, right? So uh, I would say like for taekwondo, right? So for other or like MMA, Muay Thai, I would say even two times body weight, right? So for like a bench press, 1.5 of body of body mass. Then think what is more important to you, right? so uh but like normal normal blocks is like three weeks of training one week of recovery three weeks of training one week of recovery right so it's like a four weeks of each motor ability you you spend for so it's like a block periodization so you, you can st- if you the in taekwondo it's pretty simple because you have one year in advance you know the information where the Europe, when the European championships are, and the World Championships, and so on, right? And other meets. But in the UFC fighters, sometimes they did, just they got called. For example, my brother, professional fighter, hey, in four weeks fight, are you taking or not, right? And it depends on what stage he is now. Right, so it's really hard to 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 uh, be prepared for the fight. But then you need to uh, rethink the process and what is the most important for now. Maybe let us emphasize the strength. Let's emphasize maybe some uh, the cardiorespiratory system and, and so on. Right, uh, but it depends on what level your athlete is. Right. You can combine, of course, sometimes you don't have time and you have to combine everything. You have a lot of volume of work and it's dangerous because if you have a lot of volume of the work, you can really get really tired for a long time. So you just overreach the athlete and, and he needs to bounce up before the fight. And sometimes if you do a lot of work, he's not ready. You know, that he's, he didn't bounce up uh, back uh, before the fight and he just fighting uh, during when he's really fatigued and, and you know but uh, yeah so this is really uh, this is really uh really hard uh, question and there is no one answer but I think like uh, let's say we have 12 weeks we have uh, 12, uh, 12 weeks to European championships so I would say like uh, four weeks uh, like a strength endurance so make more endurance muscle then you have four weeks of like uh, strength, and then you have four weeks of the plyometrics and power. Right. So this system, when it comes to the strength, uh, it's really uh, evidence-based. So you do not have better system for now. You need to increase the uh, a little bit muscle. You need to be bigger a little bit. I'm not sure to be the bodybuilder, but you need to uh, build more contractile elements, the muscle fibers. When they become bigger, they are more forceful, right? They can generate more force. Then you need to tune up them. So more central nervous system. So here we have the low load but high repetition. Uh, high load but lower repetition range. And you have the last stage, explosive, no fatigue, like four, six repetitions, very explosive. When you see the drop of the power, you, you terminate the you, you just stop the set because this is not. You, you will not recruit the type two fibers, which are the more powerful fibers. You, you want to adapt them. You want to stress them. But when when you go too too high, to to too, too many reps, you, they just stop working, and you just develop the type one fibers, you know, and which are which eventually is throwing it out all the muscle because you have different muscle fibers in the muscle, and if type 1 are bigger than type 2 so that they contracting much more slower than this but if you want this one go very fast this one is stopping him there is a drug because he's not going so fast so he's going fast but the type 1 is saying, hey hey don't go so fast because I I can go so fast you know so they're stopping them they're stopping them there is a drug and you need to remember about that Right, so there's a point when you want to develop all more power forces and, and 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 you know give some more chips to the engine right
0: yeah, and um, it might seem i don't know if it's a super question when you said about the strength and one point seven to body weight would you would you do that with after after would you calculate that from the fighting weight the person the weight the person fights at or from the the weight maybe that they sit at how would you
1: Oh, you know, uh, like I would say that uh, I would target the weight, the the weight uh, where he's competing in. Why? Because because you know, if you are if there's no point to check the like to do check the strength levels before losing weight. Because if you lose the body, uh, the body, the muscle mass, you will lose the strength levels, right? Yeah. So you need to always uh, see what is your relative strength level uh, to your body mass, right? So if you are losing weight but you are keeping the strength levels re- relatively, you are stronger. But the best way to do that is to just lose the fat, right? Yeah. Fat is not is not making the force, but um, so and here we come with cutting the weight. So the question is. How much fat you can just lose it without losing the uh, muscle mass, right? And okay, you need to recalculate. Is it better to lose the muscle, to lose the uh, body fat and a little bit body uh, muscle mass, but the uh, strength are are maybe maintained, maybe alter went down. But in the but uh in the other hand you have higher division, but maybe you will not get so strong and you're gonna lose, right? So what is what is better? But if you have the athlete who has I don't know less than 10 percent body fat and you want to decrease his body weight like more than five kilo, don't do it, right? So too much, right? So so it's 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 too much, right? So I would say uh I would say like um uh, Two three percent—it's safe, right? But this is this is up to the athlete and up to the coach. What, what they decide, how they feel, and you know. But first thing is to check the body composition. Sometimes you do not even have to do anything with the strength level. Just you know, like, you know, like the Formula One, right? Yeah. So they do not for now. They do not do anything with the engine. They are just looking for solutions how to make the car. Um, uh, lighter yeah yeah so what parts to throw away and then you have more power horses per kilo of the formula one car so if you lose the body fat you have the same power horses but power horses per body weight is greater right so you are stronger right so sometimes simple changes make big difference
0: and and you mentioned already that uh some i think some of the problems that come with uh trying to strength train and and condition a a a professional mma fighter would you say that they are kind of the hardest people to work with because like that like you said in taekwondo you have your set out season you can you can plan for 12 weeks if it's soccer or it's rugby you, you can plan that well this is the season and we have matches on these days and you can plan your season much more but like you said in combat sports and particular like that you can be okay there's a fight this week maybe there's a fight in four weeks maybe it's 12 maybe it's eight weeks it depends would you say that they're kind of the hardest people to 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 work with in terms of that that problem
1: oh, I, I I'm not sure i uh, I think that this is a very big problem for for even for UFC fighters and uh I remember in 2017 I was in the UFC Performance Institute uh, for conference, and they, they they told the same that the normal prioritization doesn't work for professional fighters because uh, they do sometimes they do not know where, where when they're gonna fight, right? But you know, money makes everything possible, man. So mm. you no, know, I think they they they. Pretty all the time in the shape, you No. Know? So the model what they present is that the fighter, like for the they cycling all the time. So the strength, endurance, and the basic strength and the cardiorespiratory system is like uh, all the time is keeping maintained and uh, some normal level. And when they got the call, hey, you fight in eight weeks, four weeks, they just jump into the fighting camp and the intensity is going up but they say that if they were not maintained this level before they got the call it's not possible to be prepared right So, Right. uh, so so they say that normally they got the call for example they got the call like something like you are already after four weeks of preparation you need to be like, after four weeks of preparation to, uh, and then you are ready to start a fight camp from uh, really high intensities, right? So you need to be prepared not for the fight, you need to be prepared for the call to start a fight camp, right? So you are like a gladiator, right? So, so, yeah. so, so uh, because if you start a fight camp without uh, any base, you're going to be recover after first week, you're going to be just recovered for the next two weeks, right? Mm, so you are much more, you are much more like a, in a, like a, in the, you know, uh, active state. You are like a, in some preparation, uh, small active state, and you are just waiting for your shot to increase your uh, intensity and, and, and be prepared for, for that. Yeah, uh, yeah. The, the, yeah. touch the accelerator. Yeah yeah, 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 and they also say that you need to choose. What is your purpose on the fight camp? Losing weight or increase the performance? You can do this, the same things together. So if you are losing weight, don't think about the increasing performance because losing weight makes you feel bad and the quality of the training went down too, right? So how we can talk about the increasing performance in the same time when you're losing the weight, you are, you know, you feel totally shed, right? So how you wanna do like a really qualitative training? It's not possible. So, so if I could back to my Taekwondo career, I would say that the best way is to be around your weight division, keep this weight all the time, right? And when you have really, and when there's a one month up to the, some meat to do some competition, then start losing this maybe two kilo, three kilo. It's it's not so big, right? M- much more, much more, uh, much more. Uh, like uh, um, I think it's much more easy to then like you know you have fight and then ten kilo goes up. Okay, ten kilo. You train with ten kilo with, with ten kilo uh, more than your weight division and two months or one month before the uh, competition you are starting losing the weight so everything what you have developed during the training doesn't matter because 10 kilo losing weight makes you different person
0: yeah yeah and would you say that's a problem you sometimes face is you're trying to prepare a fighter to improve their performance but they're coming into you kind of a bit more of a focus on losing weight. And do you, do you, do you feel like that, that could be frustrating sometimes?
1: Yeah, this is frustrating, but the most frustrating is that if you want to give your ideas, you know, like a, your, your exercises or your like a program and he, they tell you that, oh, but I'm not tired after this training, right? It's like, man, but there is a, time to be tired, and there is a training to not be tired, right? But in combat sports, the biggest problem is uh, that every training must be hard, yeah? Yeah. Every training must be hard, and then they think that this was a good training, and this is not true. Uh, The same is with losing the weight, right? So, uh, okay, we're going to lose the weight in the last two weeks with the water, sauna, baths and so on, right? Uh, you know, and during that eight week or even 12 week, he's taking like maybe 20 pills of different supplements. So what is the point if the last two weeks you are losing the weight in the sauna, the push-ups, you know, in the jacket and so on, like uh, it's like long story, to, long like long way to change the culture. I think it's the culture uh, problem, right? It's like a uh, I don't know why is why is that, and uh, you know, it's, but it must be changed. I, I think it must be changed, uh, especially for young people.
0: Yeah, like I think my kind of my own perspective and experience is that, like, if you're going to lose the weight, it should nearly be. If you have a bit of weight to lose, it should nearly just be the byproduct of of your training. It shouldn't be like the focus. Like you shouldn't be going into training and feeling like I have to sweat, but like you should be turning up to training, like that looking to improve performance, and maybe with a maybe with a slight calorie deficit, you know, may, you know, yeah. the weight will the weight will slowly maybe take down a small bit. But like if you're going into your sessions and the only the only goal is to get that sweat, and oh, I have to because I have to lose a kilo or half a kilo tonight or to this week, it becomes a it starts to affect the training and. The, the, the training isn't yeah. actually. It isn't doing anything really.
1: You need to remember that training is for training. is not for like a, losing the weight, right? The, for losing the weight is diet. Yeah. Right. Like, don't eat junk food. Yeah. Just make the calorie uh, deficit, like you say, right? Because this is the only way to lose the weight. You need to be on the calorie deficit. But, but do not uh, do not think that the training is the way to do the calorie deficit. You are doing calorie deficit by the restricting food intake and sh- and the calorie intake, not by the increasing the time of the training or by increasing the volume of the training, like number. So this is not the, 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 the sweat, the water. It's not the way of losing the weight, right? It's one of the way of the last step of losing the weight, right? Like 500 grams you have. Or during the day of the way in and then you go and, and and run with the eight jackets and so on right but uh, at the beginning you just need to make a calorie restriction and lose as much as you can from body fat right from body fat and and, and then think about the other uh, other tools what you what you could use right the sauna and the sweat and, and so on right but uh, but, uh, yeah, people think that they did. And this is also uh, one of the things which I think makes people quit with the combat sports or with taekwondo, that people are tired of losing the weight all the time because they do not know how to do it properly. And, uh, you know, the feeling when you do not even can drink the glass of water. It's not about the eating, but if you do not, the, the, the feeling that you cannot drink it's. I think it's the worst thing in my life. I have expected, right? Like, like I, I have, I have. Uh, sorry, not expected, but I have experienced. Yeah. But no drinking, right? Yeah. But uh, I do not even want to think what is the long term effect to my body. For now, what I was doing with my body, mm-hmm. yeah, right? Uh, so yeah. So I think if we could. Uh, really like good coach should have in the club in the big club good dietitian really good dietitian right and also he should uh, the coach should have uh, someone from uh, somebody of uh, responsible for strength and conditioning and for individuals who want some psychology sessions and I think uh, this is possible to do but I'm not sure but you know it's like I think it's ego. It's like uh, I'm black belt. I have four grade. I am the master, right? Oh, yeah. master take work, take work, You are the best. You know everything. It's not true. Remember, this is, if he doesn't have formal education from university, it doesn't mean that he knows everything. Because if it was true, I would. There would never be like a PhD from exercise science, right? Why? Why they, the university offers? Yeah. to to work with the coaches and to help them with the training process, right?
0: Yeah, I think. Yeah, being like you said, a fourth degree. It doesn't necessarily, like, if being a fourth degree in Taekwondo is another route to have to get you to the same place as the college education, then you know, you'd have maybe Taekwondo clubs would be full. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Fourth degree is not a master degree at the university or like a PhD, right? So, so. We need to balance it, right? Yeah, he's the master in taekwondo environment, but give uh, give other people to say in their field of expertise what they are, right?
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. What would you say? What was you say is the best is the best kind of form or the best way to condition to compete at a, at a high level? A high level in, in taekwondo, uh, trying to train to to compete for two rounds of two minutes with one minute in between and do that five times in a day, what would you say is the best way to go about preparing your, your an athlete for to perform like, like that?
1: Yeah, so, so so many coaches, they think that they can condition the athletes just because of just using the Taekwondo session, right? But this is not true um, because, for example, you have sparring at, at, uh, during the training and if you put the heart rate the heart rate trap, and you analyze your fights uh, to increase your uh, cardiorespiratory system. You need to like um, uh, gather around ten minutes uh, being on the red zone, over ninety-five percent of the heart rate during the training. It's really hard to accumulate so much time because uh, so if you. Even if you're sparring or are doing some sessions on the pads, you know, some kicking patterns, so let's say 90 minutes, and then you track your heart rate, you need to accumulate around 10 minutes of really red zone session to be effective for your cardiovascular stimulus to increase your heart rate mass. To you know, stress your uh, transport of oxygen and extraction of oxygen to muscles, and so on. And sometimes, if you compare different sessions, you do not collect these ten minutes of the hard session, right? So even if you're sparring and you think it's hard, it doesn't make that you give the uh, stimulus to the body which is needed to increase your. Cardio respiratory system. We heard up here and
0: maybe not, maybe not here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: And uh, so I think the best way is to the competitors, they should have heart rates on the trainings. And if we have some purpose of the training, after it look at the data and say, did we meet the criteria of the training or not? Right? So uh, so you because you have limitless of means at the taekwondo session you you can do a lot of different things right okay so maybe there are, maybe you meet the criteria to meet the purpose of the training from the uh, tactical technical perspective point of view right but this doesn't mean that you have uh, did some conditioning good session right because maybe you have kicked 10 times Dollyo Chagi with high force. Okay, so maybe it was good for power training, but your heart rate for the 90 minutes of training was around 70, 75 percent of your max, HR max, right? The, the heart rate maximum. So it was good for conditioning for your lungs, heart. No. So that's why sometimes we think that we trained a lot Taekwondo, but why? I went for competition and I was dying in the first round, right? So, Taekwondo and other combat sports are really hard uh, sport disciplines to develop uh, to develop the endurance because we are uh, from physiological point of view we are really mixed uh, sports. So we need the anaerobic endurance and aerobic endurance. So anaerobic endurance and the anaerobic capacity helps you you know to strike fast uh, to 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 maintain the, to be the resistance of fatigue and to kick very very forceful very 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 uh, fast and uh, all dynamics action the anaerobic capacity however aerobic capacity helps you to recover very fast between the rounds and between the fights and you know that you know during the one minute of the between the rounds, you need to recover very fast because if you do not recover and you and you start the second round with high fatigue state, you will not do any technique because you're gonna be tired, right? And the same when you have sometimes in, in Taekwondo, when you have the uh, the cup system, then sometimes after quarter final you have Less than five minutes to fight in the semifinal. And after semifinal, you have. I, I had the same in Argentina. Uh, I, I, thought, I think that if I had five minutes more of rest, I would, I would win the final. But uh, I remember that after the semifinal, it was like maybe four or five minutes of rest. And then, hey, let, let's fight, right? You know, yeah. the, 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 the hardest fight, and I, I had only four minutes of, uh, of rest. So the aerobic system helps you to uh, uh, to be more fatigue resistant, to delay the onset of the fatigue, right? To less uh, accumulation of metabolites in the blood and in the muscle. And uh, so you need to focus on the both sides of your endurance. Anaerobic, so this is what uh, helps you to be more faster, uh, powerful, and... Uh, Like a really dynamic guy and aerobic, so to be uh, better uh, prepared for many fights and to recover very uh, fast. But I think that for combat sports, the best way to increase the like in Taekwondo two minutes uh, on two minutes uh, is high-intensity interval training. Uh, But if you are if you do not have competition, uh, like Let's say you are in uh, out of the season. It's good just to go to the forest or go to the bi- on the bicycle and just do long, slow, uh, like a slow, uh, int- like a low intensity uh, distance, like long distances, like for a long time, like ninety minutes, two hours, because if you go with the low intensity but high volume of work you are uh, increasing in your muscle number of small organelles called mitochondria so the mitochondria are, are burning the fat and the carbohydrates and uh, producing the energy which we use for the muscle contraction so if you go like a long distance uh the low intensity for very long time you're increasing the number of these small organelles in the muscle so you produce more Energy, right? But if you and then if you go to the high intensity work like interval training on your tra- uh, during the taekwondo session or during your strength and conditioning session, you do not increase the number of mitochondria, but the same one mitochondria is increasing the efficiency of work. So from instead of of producing one ATP, one uh, energy molecule, you are producing three energy molecules, right? So there is the time for your preparation when you when it's good to put the emphasis on the high volume jogging i don't know bicycle to the park like two hours or even go to the mountains walk around like for all days increasing the number of mitochondria and then when you start your season and more specific work go to the high intensity so that Periodization for the cardiorespiratory system would be very similar for the strength, right? For the strength was building the muscle, tune the muscle by a high, high loads, and then plyometrics, more power, tune it up much more, right? The same for the cardiorespiratory system. Build the heart, build the mitochondria, right? And then tune up. More, uh, more adaptation on the muscle level, so more enzyme activity, more uh, more uh, to, to teach the muscle to how to extract the muscle from the blood right and and how to uh, and teach the heart how to pump much more blood uh, per one heartbeat so you need to also uh, put the logical order to uh, be well prepared but i think that the easiest way to increase the uh, that are conditioning for combat sport for taekwondo are like you know boxing back strikes, uh, kicking on the pads, like you know like some uh, in the interval way. Because in the interval in the interval training you can stress aerobic system and you can stress anaerobic system. It depends how much work and what will be the what will be the relation between the the, uh, work and rest, and what would be the intensity of the work, right? Then you can manipulate your uh, response of your body. Because you can give, for example, 30 seconds of work and 50 seconds of rest. So, and for example, kicking on the pad, maximum, and it's going to be your heart rate will go up, and it's going to be stable for a really long time. Really good for respiratory system. Let's say 30 seconds maximum all out, four minutes rest, long recovery. Very good for anaerobic power, for uh, for for to build the glycolytic activity of the enzymes and uh, of the how to use the anaerobic energy systems to uh, develop the power and uh, fatigue resistance. Uh, during the, the uh, anaerobic metabolism. So you can manipulate with this uh, with the same, the same work uh, time, but different rest periods is giving you different results. High-intensity interval training, a lot of combinations, a lot of uh, responses. I think maybe we could do a webinar with this. Uh, it would be much more helpful to explain.
0: I think uh, something like that could be great. Actually, I think that would get a really good response. And um, so it really kind of comes down to that kind of like like you said, the work to rest ratio is where kind of the a lot of work is done and what determines which kind of system you're you're working. Yeah. And would you would you say that the best maybe way would be to like that, maybe hitting a bag, hitting a pad, um, as it maybe, you know. It replicates. Yes. It replicates the actual activity most, as opposed to maybe I don't know, on a bike or on a rower or running or skipping. Uh, if you can actually keep it till close to the techniques you'll actually be using in the con- in the competition, that would work best.
1: Mm, yeah, you must remember that sometimes uh, the structure of the um, uh, movement do not allow you to uh, to do not allow you to go for like a uh, high response. So what I mean is running like let's say I will give you the example with uh, soccer, with football, right? Uh, running with the ball or running without the ball. So if I ask 30 seconds to run without the ball, I know that my athletes will um, develop really high speed. But if I give the ball, they will not develop high speed because he need to you know control the ball, right? So you need to choose the exercises which will elicit your response what you get. So if you have the uh, taekwondo, uh athlete and you ask him, "Hey, 30 seconds, all out, do chuggy, right and the left, round middle kicks, right? So if he is yellow belt, he will not be fatigued after it, because his kicks are right? Yeah, so yeah. technical component do not allow him to stress the respiratory system but if you give the same exercise black belt right he will in 30 seconds we have a guy he, he, he's hitting 70 kicks in 30 seconds and after it he's destroyed right he's like oh my god i don't want to do once again right the same with the, the same with the so if you uh, figure out the some movement which is uh, which is really uh, technical demanding, or somebody is not able to do the respiratory system will not elicit the high response, right? So you must stress the system, right? So running, cycling, uh, kicking, uh, striking on the back. I think uh, what else? Uh, you know, but if you if if you give some some exercise, I don't know. Um, let's say. Um, uh, I don't know, push up and then jump, you know, like, uh, so th- there is a way that you can cheat during this exercise. He can go slow down to push up and then he can stand up and jump, right? But yeah. if you have motivated athlete, he can do really high in this, right? But you need to look, does the exercise eliciting the the response what you want?
0: Yeah. Into. <laughs> It's a, fun, a good stuff. A it's a, interesting, as you said, that, like, that that you need the proficiency with the technique because it wasn't too long ago that we were in the we were training and we kind of did something similar. I can't remember exactly what the time was, but it was uh, Adrian had us attack it with a psychic and defend, you know, attack with psychic, defend. So it was boom, back. So you were going forwards, back, forwards, back. And uh, at the end, I I was on the floor and we had some, then some of the yellow belts were kind of going... Well, that wasn't uh, too bad and you're kind of going well i don't think you did it right then because you should be on the floor <laughs> you, know, you, yeah. you need that prof- kind of there was me yeah. kind of thinking because it was a little bit after the european championships so that i was kind of thinking jesus has my fitness dropped off that that much like the, <laughs> the yellow belts are, are not so, are, are fitter than me now but uh no it was like that yeah it's it, proficiency with the technique is the the, the yeah. factor
1: <laughs> so the same thing you can do with uh, sparring right it, it, So what I'm doing with the uh, football soccer players, if if you change the sides of the field and you put the players inside, but you are are making the fields uh, smaller, then you are increasing the intensity, right? They need to move up all the time. So the same with the sparring. If you make the ring, the, the mat a little bit smaller, you will force the athlete to contact much more often, right? Yeah. So, so, and then you can you can because if you give a lot of the space and you will and you will you will check the heart rate, he can just move around. I know it's it's also fatigue done all the time moving around, but it, it's not gonna be it's not gonna be the training to elicit a high cardiovascular load, right? So sometimes you need to think about, uh, and here is the way how the strength and conditioning coach can work with the head coach, right? So the head coach is like this is how I work with the with the football coach. He's he's sometimes he's giving his ideas to a training some 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 things with the ball, and I'm doing just one thing. Okay, coach, let's do the same, but. Uh, recovery time, not 40 seconds, but 20 seconds. And this makes other story. The same with combat sport athletes. The same thing, but just, you know, decrease the recovery time, uh, smaller uh, ring, smaller mat, or maybe larger larger area of the fight. You no, know, maybe one athlete has this technique, this athlete has only this technique, right? Yeah, so uh, maybe this athlete is only standing in the corner And this one is attacking on the Yop-Chagi all the time, right? And, and, you know, different ways of... And you can combine. Then you have... Then then this is the the top level of the art. Then you are combining the technical, tactical session with conditioning, strength and conditioning. And I think it's the the best way to do it, right? Because, Because you do not... Uh, this is not a, some other session. Everything is combined together, and then I think it, I think this is how it should be done.
0: Yeah, I like that. If uh, I think like, there's only so many hours in a day, if you're trying to do your aspiring sessions, like your technical sessions and your condition sessions and your strength ses- sessions, as like I you say, you're into fatigue levels and all this sort and then just yeah. even, even yeah. time. So if you can combine them like that, I think it could work best.
1: Yeah, you are time efficient, right? So, so, yeah. but, but you never, but remember that you will never load the muscular, uh, muscular, uh, the uh, muscular, the strength level uh, uh, in the training without the weights. So you can do the conditioning, but you never uh, make athletes. Uh, stronger without the weights you can do like pretty weak athletes you can make them stronger with the push-ups abs and so on but they will never be as strong as the athletes who, who were forced to really uh you know bench press with really high loads squats and so on right so the athletes who are uh, taking the part in the strength uh, training with the high loads will be always stronger than the people who even have the same muscle mass but if they are didn't overcome the high loads they will never be the, as strong as the athletes with the weights this is because of the different pattern of the central nervous system signal to the muscles right and yeah so remember about that right? conditioning you can do it in the take one the session but strength I don't think so
0: no, it has to the, the force velocity curve kind of comes into play again there you're having to overload the system and, and that so yeah you have to yeah, kind you know. of get, get get under the bear as uh, I suppose you could say and um, I think we'll leave it there, actually. Um, I've really enjoyed the chat. I think there's some great stuff there that people can take away. Um, uh, I really enjoyed speaking about that side of of things, trying to condition. It's uh, something I'm studying a a bit myself. Um, So uh, it's great to talk to somebody who's a bit more of an expert in the field to 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 share some knowledge.
1: Once again, thank you very much for having me. And I'm looking forward to the next one. And if you guys are interested, yeah, we can do much more webinars. And I just need to translate them from Polish to English. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's possible to do. And thank you very much. Uh, I hope that the webinar was uh, good for you all and, and everyone will uh, take something uh, helpful for his training process or for his life.
0: Yeah, thanks, man. Thanks, man, for coming on. And uh, hopefully thank we'll get back to, back to proper training and, uh, and all that soon. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. All the best.